It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash. Yeah, it's time for Off the Leash on this Tuesday afternoon as we look back on a wonderful couple of months of greyhound racing with our very own greyhound expert, the superstar tipster himself, George Ferruja. Hello, Georgie. G'day, Matty. How are you today, mate? What about Melbourne today? My goodness. I oh. to old Howard, the producer, and he said about time for Christmas, which he's yeah. on about. I think the weather gods have had enough of me complaining on air about it, George, and they've said, right, I, we better give him some... Some good stuff in the lead up to Christmas, which is sensational because we love to see the the sun shining on this beautiful city of Melbourne. And I've got no doubt, hopefully, it's shining across the whole state of Victoria, wherever you might be listening today. I can hear you're on the road, George. Where do we find you today? Just on the road coming back. Uh, one of the uh, females is uh, on season, so I have to go and get a blood test and work out where she is in her ovulation. And yep. um, you sort of just caught me on the road, mate, but I've got my eyes no, no. in front of me. And I'm you're right, mate. No stress at all. We can hear you loud and clear. Are we, is one of these greyhounds? Are we? Are we maybe going to be breeding a superstar out of this one? Or well, that's that's always the hope, Matt. But it doesn't always <laughs> work out that way, mate. But um, well, you know the deal, George. If you are, I'll have the five percent. Thank you. Oh well, yeah. We, we're going to get. We've got to get you involved in yeah. something, Matty, for sure, because um, you're all over this greyhound caper, mate. <laughs> I've seen you grow from yeah. not knowing so much, mate, to uh, now tipping winners on air. So. Hey. Winners, how about trifecta in the biggest race of the year? Thank you very much, George. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. Jeez, I'll tell you what, that text message comes through loud and clear on Saturday night. Yeah. Oh, anyway, hey, don't worry, it's reciprocal. I'll get yours as well, George, don't worry about that. <laughs> hey, uh, just on Saturday night, what a wonderful night of greyhound racing and to have it all culminate in the Phoenix as well. And I think there, I think there could have been a number of great stories to come out of the race if it had fallen one way or another, but... I think we got the best one, George, to be honest. I think for most people out there that weren't directly associated with these greyhounds, and there were more than usual because of the way the Phoenix is set up with these slots, but for the average sort of greyhound fan, I think to see Wow She's Fast win and become the first greyhound to break through the, the $2 million barrier was the best story the sport could have got. Yeah, look, I think it was really fitting. Everything seemed to just work, and you don't often get that from year to year, Matt. Sometimes the weather gods don't sort of play in your favour. And even though it was a touch windy, I mean, the sun was out for most of the day on Saturday. And look, it was it was absolutely fantastic to see her win the way she did. The, the other thing I took from it, apart from the, the emergence of Amron Boy, which is just, honestly, you just do not want to race that dog the way he's going at the moment, Matt. Yeah. I mean, everything went wrong early and he still nearly beat the, the, the queen of ground racing. I'll tell you what, another couple of... If you watch the replay, in the catching pen, he's about three or four lengths in front. Mm. I mean, he's absolutely redlining that dog. If he comes back and he's fit and firing, watch out for the, for the first part of 2023. But from the people I spoke to, and, and we'll be honest here, Matt, when the Phoenix was first initiated, mm. I think people... There was some sceptics, which is fine. Then there were people who didn't like the process of the qualifying for the people that bought in for the first year. This year was a lot of bit, a little bit different. A lot of the um, slot owners um, pick and choose which greyhound that wanted. And the people I've spoken to now, Maddie, and I'm not sure who you've spoken to, they just see this thing springboarding and getting bigger and bigger. Um, and I think that's a really positive thing. The, the slot um, holders that I spoke to said, we're on board for next year. They're in, Matt. So 
look, I, I don't think they'll have any problems getting rid of those slots again for next year. And I just thought the build-up for the race was fantastic. I, I, I hark on um, Peter Sadler Transport, who was someone that I don't think a lot of people heard of. I, I love the fact that he was going to give a lot of the prize money to his staff, and all of a sudden it was free uh, advertising for him. I think everyone knows Peter Sadler Transport now, so it, it, it just works on so many levels. And the race itself, the two years that we've had it, they've been crackers, and that, 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 that's important as well. So, no, look, I think it was only positive. As I mentioned, too, on uh, Mick's show and with you guys, I really love the pre the, the post-entertainment of a DJ as well. It's, le- mm. it's lending itself to that younger crowd as well. And then not everyone's going to enjoy a DJ afterwards, but we get a lot of younger punters out there, which are the future. They love betting on greyhound racing. And I think um, GRV have to be commended for that. I think the Dream Chasers series was a big win. Yeah, no, I totally agree, George, uh, on that point around making it that sort of party-like atmosphere. I think if you're going to run this race at that particular time of the year, a week out from Christmas in the, you know, the midst of summer, hopefully anyway, with some good weather, you want to attract that sort of crowd who are going there to have a, a really good time, to have a bit of a party and let their hair down. And that was what resonated when you were watching it on the television on Saturday night. It certainly came through the screen that there was that vibe on course and, that's the other thing as well, George, that I think has been so fantastic about this whole Dream Chasers Festival is the coverage of, of Greyhound Racing and the exposure that it's got on racing.com. I, where I was on Saturday night, I was at a, at a Christmas, a family Christmas sort of thing, and I guarantee you in, in, in any other year, there's no way in the world Greyhound Racing would have been on the TV all night in front of everyone, but it was on Saturday night because of yeah. the great coverage that was on because of the the, the enormity of the race. Uh, you know, there were people around me asking me regularly, when's the million-dollar race on? When's this million-dollar greyhound race on? And even for those people that aren't directly associated with greyhound racing, that caught their attention in itself. So then it's a two-edged sword, right, Matt, because then those people will maybe ask you a couple more questions about uh, a couple of other greyhound races and maybe getting involved in ownership. The other thing was that I noticed that there were a few more Christmas parties on mm. track at the Meadows. So all of a sudden next year, for people umming and about what to do for their Christmas party, the Meadows might come front and centre into their mind for the Phoenix. Because I tell you, there wouldn't be too many better places to go and enjoy a night like that. Everyone that I spoke to had an absolute ball. Mm. So, yeah, look, it, it was really great exposure. Obviously, Sportsbet did it well in their marquee, giving some money to... To some punters um, that are associated with Wowshie's Fast, and you can guarantee those people are hooked on the sport now. So, yeah, no, it was it was it was great. As we said, Amron Boy, she's a pearl. Who it was great to see her. I mean, she still hasn't won a race in Victoria, but she has put in some absolute mm. cracking performances. And for her to run third against those two absolute stars, I think connections would have been absolutely wrapped. In fact, I spoke to them, and they said, "Look, there was wasn't much more we could do. We just got beaten by two absolute champions." So. Uh, yeah, and McInerney, obviously, for RSN. I was really proud of the way he went about it. We hadn't we hadn't seen him in a little while. Yes, his form going into it wasn't as good as what Amron Boys or some of these other greyhounds were, but he acquitted himself really well on the day. Yeah, no, absolutely, George. I, it's funny, in the lead-up to the race, we kept talking about, you know, was, it, was there going to be much interference as they headed for the first turn? And I think, although there was, if you were Amron Boy. Uh, in the camp of Amron Boy, it, it probably cost him the race. Um, really, outside of that, 
most of the other runners got a you know got their chance in that sense, and it's probably what cost Sheza Pearl. She was clean out of the lids, but she probably always needed a little bit more action behind her if that was the case to be able to hold off a Wow She's Fast or a McInerney or a, or an Amron Boy. But she lost no admirers, and she's going um, absolutely superbly at the moment. So looking forward to seeing where she heads in the new year and. Um, you know, the other thing about the coverage, George, that I think will be really interesting in time is to see what impact it had on turnover as well. I've got no doubt it would have been up. And Do you have any idea when we'll get the first indications as to how much of an increased turnover was up? Look, I don't have any official figures, but from um, when I've spoken to GRB officials, they do start grinning. Yeah. So I th- I think we're going to get some really big numbers. Yeah. And um, I, that that really doesn't surprise us, Matt, because of, of the added exposure. I mean, even the way I, I had a lot of people come up to me even speak about the coverage on RSN. Mm. So and and people that weren't even greyhound people have said, "Wow, greyhounds are getting such a good run on the radio." So all this culminates, I think, in people showing a lot more interest and. Um, we've had some champions in the sport that, um, you know, they're the ones that people want to come out and see. And we had it over the whole five weeks, really. I mean, even in the Top Gun in the first week, and we had the intrigue around, wow, she's fast. You know, will she show her best? And mm. obviously at the end, in, in her crowning glory, she did. But that Melbourne Cup with the emergence of Yachi Bale, it, there was just such great storylines, and I think it, it, it resonated with people and... I think we'll see uh, some some very very big um, turnover figures, and when they do, we'll make sure we'll get GRB on to, to yep. discuss them with us on off the leash. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to investigate you know plans around ensuring that there's more of this coverage in in 2023. I'm not saying that it's going to go from zero to 100 straight away, but you know, building on what's been done over the last few weeks and months, surely there's an opportunity for a, a, a you know a period of time in a in a short space of time potentially early in the new year, uh, maybe it's around the Australian Cup or something like that where you can do a similar sort of thing. It doesn't always have to be Group 1 racing either, George, I don't think, for it to be impactful and for, you know, for turnover to be to be up. I've got no doubt about that. If it was a, you know, a regular sort of meeting at the Meadows but it's on TV, I've got no doubt that it would still generate more interest, um, you know, and you could still promote it. And it would still be on a lot of television screens that have had the gallops on throughout the afternoon. So it presents a wonderful opportunity for greyhound racing. Um, there's no doubt about that. Hey, just on Amron Boy, I, I don't know if you caught the interview with, with Cal Greeno yesterday, but he, he, his words were that if Amron Boy had slightly better box manners, he'd be the greatest greyhound of all time. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's probably not far off. Look, that, that's a massive call, but I mean, in terms of where he is at the moment... He's racing at a level where he's just... Red. Those two wins at the Meadows to come in near track record time. And if you recall, both of those runs, Matt, he got he was, he was found trouble. He, found, he, he bumped on the first corner, then got to the front and still ran 29.46. So well, he's, a, he's a special talent. If I can just mention something, too, that I think added and what I want to see more of, and mm. I'm interested to hear your view, are the match races. Yep. I thought I thought that obviously the Wow She's Fast Amron Boy match race was almost as big as the Melbourne Cup, and mm. then we had two greyhounds who aren't aren't well known in the sport. If you ask people who weren't in the, in greyhound racing, and he's no slouch and Amron Dan, but that, that that gathered a lot of momentum as well. I, I, I'd love to see 
a night on racing.com where we have all match racing like we used to for the Speed Star. Mm. And I just hope we can get that back in some form because everyone I speak to said, I love those match races. Even the, just the commentary around it about, oh, look, I'm going to take the outsider here. I reckon he can hold him out from box one is a massive thing. So I hope that's part of their thinking going forward as well, Greyhound Racing Victoria. Yeah, and you know what? If, I, if I'm being totally honest, George, match races in Greyhound Racing have probably exceeded... Um, my expectation on how interesting that they, they actually are. If you had have asked me a couple of years ago, you know, how interesting a match race in, in, in Greyhounds would be, I probably wouldn't have had a great deal of interest because I would have just assumed, all right, they can run this time around the meadows. Um, so that Greyhound's most likely going to get, jump out quicker and be too hard to, to get past because the numbers say so, but they actually do show a little bit of a different side to, to dogs and, um, it's a little bit more tactical than I think people probably thought before they became a bit more common you, you see greyhounds that um, are good at fending off dogs you know yeah they mightn't run the same time but they can yeah. sense one on their back or another one that's a great chaser that's really good at getting past or loves the rail and gets its opportunity to stay on the rail the whole race there's little things like that that actually make them a little bit more interesting than they first seem and, and you're right that all those points are absolutely valid and the other thing i like about it is i love the fact that I hear some trainers and owners sometimes say, if my dog got a clear run at yours, I, I would beat you. And I think in, in races like that, you get your opportunity to put your money where your mouth is. And, you know, the time on Saturday was 30.06, obviously, or something like that. And I think James mentioned that in his call. But it was largely irrelevant because I loved how he's, he's no slouch, who's almost 38 kilos, tried to hold off Amron Dan going on the inside or the outside. It was it was so intriguing. I mean, he's just running his race and running his line, but Amron Dan almost tried to find ways to get beat and still won. So sometimes people think, oh, eight dog feels and that. Sometimes mm. you only need one dog ahead of you to impede you, as you mentioned, and you get an intriguing battle. So if, if there's one thing I take from it, from the people that we spoke to, especially that Wow She's Fast Amron Boy match race, you couldn't get a better match race than that. Yep. So... You know, they both didn't make the Melbourne Cup, which was really um, un- unfortunate because we want to see the best dogs in it. But it sort of worked out better that they weren't, that, that we got to see them go head-to-head. So really looking forward to what that brings. I'll tell you what, nobody in Australia wants to race Amron Boy in a match race. Mm. From this point on, that, that's for sure. No, you're absolutely right. I don't think they want to come up against him in any race, to be honest, because True. he's a scary proposition wherever he heads in, in the new year. Um, speaking of, of where they're going in the new year, we had Cal Greeno on yesterday. They're, they're going to take their time with Wow She's Fast and, and, and hold off on, on where that, you know, she'll go next. Um, how much racing do you think she has left in front of her? Well, the beauty is that she's still not three years of age. She certainly hasn't been over raced. Um, so we might see her for another six to eight months. We, oh. I don't know. I, if she's racing well enough, they might want to head towards, you know, something this time next year where she's a rising four-year-old, which is starting to get on a little bit. But I don't know what the owners have in mind. That they, are, As I said, they are big breeders, Tyrone and, and, um, and Greg, and even though they didn't breed well, she's fast, um, they will have her pups in the back of their mind. Mm. So, hope, and obviously, she's going for the Sand Groper. Sportsbet do have a slot in the um, new slot race in WA. So, she's going to take her talents across the Nullarbor. I think that race, race is in March or April. So, um, 
There's races like the Golden Easter Egg. Obviously, the Tem Lee at the Meadows is on in February where you get a, a free hit at a Group 1 race where they can still give her the rest she needs. We might not see her in January. Mm. And then she might come back in February for, for the Tem Lee straight into an Australian Cup. She's not far away from nearly winning $3 million. So mm. it's funny how life works. She could she could easily get to that stage, and that, that's incredible. But uh, I think She's a Pearl, for instance, will kick on to the Paws of Thunder. It's back at her home track, and she'll be saying, take me on at my home deck. Um, so at Amron Boy, um, we spoke to Brooke yesterday. He'll get a little bit of a rest, but he might be one of those greyhounds who thrives on racing and that after a couple of weeks, they might be he might be driving them mad in the kennel and say, I want to race. So we might see him before too long as well. That's the other conundrum, isn't it? When you've got the greyhounds going so well, you don't really want to give them too much of a break because you want to run, keep racing them while they're in form, George, because you, you never quite know how they're going to come back. Sometimes they can take a bit of time before they return to their best. Even She's a Pearl this year is a perfect example of that. Um, so, yeah, we look forward to seeing those greyhounds in the new year. Just on, last one on where she's fast. With your experience with, with brood bitches, George, uh, are they any less likely to throw good dogs when they continue to race sort of later, you know, you know, a little bit older compared to other other greyhounds at that age. Do you have any association with that at all, or is it a bit of a myth? Yeah, I do. It, it is the biggest fallacy in greyhound racing. Yep. I, I'm sorry. I just I I think one of the first uh, brood bitches to be inducted in the GRV Hall of Fame was a greyhound called Floodgate, who had a hundred starts. And Maddie, um, uh, you see, uh, Fanna Bale's mum had a lot of starts. A lot of a lot of um, really good dogs in America have. 150, 160 starts and be, be good producers. As long as they're looked after during their racing career, it shouldn't affect anything. And obviously, Wow She's Fast is being looked after. So for me, it is the biggest. I have seen um, greyhounds have a handful of starts and people say, I'm going to retire them to start and they're flops. So yep. absolutely. That, that, the only thing, <coughs> pardon me, is that sometimes you don't want them to get injured, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's a high-octane sport where things can go wrong, um, and that would be the only reason you do it. But mm. apart from that, if she's still in the mood to race, um, I see no reason why you don't keep her going. Yeah, well, that's good to hear, because then you've also now got this situation where there is the enticement of, of huge prize money on offer, and no doubt she would get a slot in a, you know, in a Phoenix. Well, a cons- or, uh, assuming that she's going well enough you know, in the middle part of next year, but... There is going to be that temptation now, I would say, to, to continue to race on these greyhounds at periods of time where maybe there had been a consideration to retire them, but with the lucrative prize money on offer and with more slot races, etc., there's an opportunity to continue to earn big money on the track. So yeah, look, I reckon you, there's a chance you'll see these dogs race on a bit longer, George. Yeah, look, you might. Look, I still understand why Aston Rupi retired when he did. Mm. When, when you're talking, <coughs> pardon me, about the male greyhounds, that's mm. a different kettle of fish because yep. there's so much money in the stud game. He's at stud today, I think, for 4400 and you can serve um, 54 a quarter, so you can see the amount of money that can be made by a stud dog. Yeah. So I totally get why decisions were made around Aston Rupee and these type of dogs. But for Wow She's Fast, I think Tyrone and Greg won't be selling any of her pups. Um, so... When that time comes, it'll come. But you're right, the prize money incentive now where we've got, what, $4 million races um, might change people's minds, might make them kick on for a little bit longer. 
George Farouge is with us on Off the Leash here on Big V Racing. We're discussing the success of the Dream Chasers Festival and Saturday night's huge Phoenix meeting there at the Meadows. We'll take a break on Big V Racing. We'll come back with plenty more on the other side. Welcome back to Big V Racing. You're with Matt Nevitt and uh, George Farouge here on Off the Leash. Our uh, our English teacher uh, keeps messaging in, George, correcting Matty Stewart the other day. I've got a new one. Hearing new pronounced as new by Matt Nevitt is akin to fingers scraping on a blackboard. Incredibly irritating. New. Okay. I'll try and uh, ensure that I make sure I put the uh, the W on new for you. Uh, greyhound owner. That's what they've texted in, George. They haven't left their name. They've just assured me that they're a greyhound owner. Anyway. Uh, All right. Well, well, we'll find out who it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let us know what your name is, and I apologise to you. I, we don't, there's nothing worse than hearing someone scrape their fingers on the uh, on the blackboard. So I'm apologising if I'm, I'm that that poor. Uh, anyway, Georgie, we'll move on. Your hero, Bale. How ex- extraordinary was that performance? Yeah, I mean, when you consider that she ran quicker than Wow, she's fast on Saturday was was unbelievable and. When um, trainer uh, Daniel Gibbons was interviewed, he said that after her uh, South Australian Oaks victory, she had fractured a bone in her leg. Um, I think it might have happened in the catching pen. So he hadn't been able to do too much with her. She had a a run in the laurels where she ran second in a heat where she bombed the start. She came out and won the Whiskey Riot Classic from box one, but it was a hot field. And for her to run as well as she did was an extraordinary effort. Now, um, like Kelsey Bale, who of course took out the laurels, both of these greyhounds started their career really impressively, running very fast around the 29.3 uh, market standout. They had a little bit of a lull in their career, but now they've really got the basis, those two girls, to be, I think, major players in 2023. But I just wanted to mention your hero, your hero Bale, because the fact that she went as quick as, or a little bit quicker than, than wow, she's fast, is, is unbelievable considering she hasn't had the greatest of preparations, or she's certainly not a rock-hard fit. But So watch out for your hero, Bale, in 2023. As I said, she's already a group winner. Kelsey Bale's a two-time group winner. They're two daughters of uh, Feral Frankie going places. Uh, George, we've spoken quite a bit about this incredible um, amount of prize money that's been injected into greyhound racing in recent times, and the Brisbane Cup is now going to be worth $1 million in the new year. Yeah, it is. First prize of 650000 like our Melbourne Cup, but an overall prize money of, uh, of over a million. And um, I, I just, well done to, to Racing Queensland uh, for doing that for participants, and you will get a lot of Victorians. We, we already head over there. Jason Thompson's won the race more times than I can remember. But um, now, with, with a race like this, uh, in their winter carnival, so we're still about you know six or seven months away, but people will be really looking forward to this race. Uh, as I said, an unbelievable prize money boost there. And now we've got the Million Dollar Chase, um, the Brisbane Cup, the Melbourne Cup, and the Phoenix um, as as races that hold that, that kind of price tag, which is uh, quite incredible. So the Brisbane Cup, um, what time of the year is the Brisbane Cup, George? Uh, June, July, yep. yeah, um, during their winter carnival. They have a great winter carnival over there, and as I said, a lot of uh, Victorians already head over there, but now with the extra incentive with the prize money, they, they're certainly going to head there more. Queensland announced an overall prize money boost uh, over um, overall um, distances and, and grades as well. So 
we just wanted to make that point. I know this is big V racing, and, and we, we speak about Grain Racing Victoria, but mm. Grain Racing is actually kicking goals pretty much all over the country. Um, and as I said, it's a race that we've dominated, apart from Queensland trainer Tony Brett, who wins uh, a lot of Brisbane Cups. But it's a race that a lot of Victorian trainers have gone over there and had a lot of success with. Yeah, so it'll be worth $650,000 to, to the winner, George. So uh, that is a, a significant increase in prize money and... Uh, no doubt, as you pointed out, the Victorians have always continued to, to send greyhounds up there and they'll be doing so, uh, in the new year because it's going to be worth, uh, such, you know, an extraordinary amount of money, which is great to see. And, you know, you're right, George. Um, it, what's happening is all these other jurisdictions around Australia are following Greyhound Racing Victoria's lead because they can't afford to actually be left behind. Um, we've seen these incredible increases in Victoria. And we've seen it in the other codes as well, I think, George, particularly in the thoroughbreds with what Victoria and New South Wales have done. Now the other states have caught on and um, we're seeing similar sort of plans implemented there. And that's what's happening in greyhound racing with GRV leading the way. Oh, absolutely. And it's a bit of... um, It's not even friendly competition. I suppose it is. But you're right, probably that fear of missing out and making sure your best greyhounds of your state... um, stay in your hometown. So prize money, as I said, in Queensland on a, at Albion Park on a Thursday is very, very good too. So you're going to see a lot of talented greyhounds. And because this group racing calendar is so jam-packed, what ends up happening is you get more of an opportunity to win a group race. There was times go by, Matt, where you know there'd be a group race and you'd set it four or five weeks out and 95% of the good greyhounds are going for it. Now you might have 80% or 75% and other greyhounds choose choose to stay home for some of their bigger races as well. So um, there's just so many great opportunities in the sport at the moment. Uh, let's hope it continues. Unbelievable. All right, we need to talk about the Sale Cup, George. It's a great field. Um, we've spoken about Yachi Bale and his Sale Cup plans for quite some time now. That was always the plan on the way through the Melbourne Cup Series, which they happened to win, by the way. Uh, and uh, with this box draw for, for Boxing Day for the Sale Cup, what do you make of uh, of the market? I'm very surprised by it, I have to be honest. Um, I cannot believe Jarek Bale is $7.50. Uh, so he was the slowest of the qualifiers, I get that. But if you take away that run, and his run wasn't bad, he worked into the race nicely. The week before, he ran quicker than any of the four heat winners this week. He won the, he won the race last year. He's a proven big-time performer. And yes, there's speed on the inside and he isn't drawn the best. But $7.50 and $2.08 a place for Jarek Bale, I think he's crazy. I also think that untapped at $10 mm. is worth a play as well. She led for a long way in her heat and got beaten in the fastest time of the night. Um, and she's drawn exactly where she wants to be. Now, don't get me wrong. This, with all due respect to the, the, the favourite Dookie Devil, is one of my favourites. He's got so much speed. He went so well in his heat win. He's drawn well. Alpine Butterfly is the second favourite. Drawn well, shows good speed. So they'll make their own luck. And But but I just can't believe that Jarek Bale and Untapped are two of the three outsiders of the race. Um, is incredible. Yachi Bale's run was absolutely fantastic. Um, he had a race there before, probably didn't show his best, but it was his first 650, and he improved so much. But I just, again, Ariane Bale... Um, is a back marker who will be getting home late. Great guy, was outstanding in running down uh, untapped. 
But I just think Jarek Ballin and Taps, who both made this race last year and ran first and third, are crazy odds, Matt. And I would be surprised if they stay at those figures, to be well, honest. Yeah, I was just about to ask. So maybe we should have something on right now, George. Uh, because when we preview this race in a little bit more depth later in the week, you'd be surprised if Jarek Bay was still $8.50 untapped double figures. I think so. I think so. And again, uh, Jarek Bale ran 37.30 odd, whereas the fastest heat winner was 37.04. So I understand. But people are taking that small... Well, not people aren't doing it, but I mean, mm. I'm surprised at those odds because the week before he ran 36.93. And if he did something like that this week, he'd be... Probably a two dollar fifty favourite. I'm, I'm really surprised at the seven fifty, only because he's just so proven at this level. I mean, he's he's made so many group finals, won so many of them, placed in so many of them, and he will find a way to overcome the box draw. I think. I don't think he'll get any problems from Untapped. She uses a bit of the track, um, and if he can begin cleanly, like we know he can, he's not a backmarker per se over this distance. He might sit and lob third or fourth. And uh, you'd be happy with your seven dollars fifty at that stage. So again, I understand uh, why Dukey Devil and, and Alpine Butterfly have got their supporters. Dukey Devil's been back from four dollars into three dollars. And he, if you recall, he defeated um, Jarek Bale on Melbourne Cup night, where Jarek Bale tried to cut back to the fence and was just beaten by Dukey Devil. So um, I just don't think there should be that type of discrepancy between those two. And I think untapped. Um, after her run last week, and she hadn't had a run since running fourth in the Bold Trees, is only going to strip fitter from her absolute favourite box draw. Crazy odds for me for the both of them. Yep, she's an RSN Sandown Cup winner as well, untapped. Uh, Georgie, uh, we'll have our bets now, and we'll look forward to discussing this race in a little bit more depth later in the week. Appreciate your time this afternoon reflecting on a wonderful couple of weeks in Greyhound racing. Looking forward to the momentum continuing over the summer months. Speak soon, mate.